to just keep doing it. Like, don't let anybody tell you it's not good enough or it's not the right style or it's not the right whatever. Pave your own path. Do your own thing. Be unique. Be different. And don't be afraid to fail because like my, just like with art, I think art and creative writing is, is very similar and you can't be bad at it. You know, it drives me nuts when my kids will say they're bad at art. You, you can't be bad at art. It, like it's impossible. You can be bad at art history. You know, that's, that's facts or <laughs> true versus false, but Art is subjective and so is writing. So you can't do it wrong. So if you have a style or if you have um, a message that you want to get out in a story form, it's not wrong. So just go ahead and write it. You know, refine it for sure. Refine it. Get it to a point where you're happy with it. But don't let anybody tell you that you're bad at writing because it's not possible. You're listening to Meg Brunson, an entrepreneur and children's book author from Phoenix, Arizona, Discussing her latest project, The ABCs of Business. She's our guest today on the podcast. Meg, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, I'm so excited. And how's the weather today out in Arizona? It's a little chilly, but probably not that cold compared to most of the rest of the U.S. Yeah, I saw that northern Arizona was getting snow. Yeah, it's funny. I was driving um, yesterday in Scottsdale, which is a suburb of Phoenix, and you could see snow on the top of the mountains, but I haven't seen any on the floor. We got some hail, you know, the other day, but no snow that was sticking. Not here, at least. Not in the valley. So, Meg, before we get started, I just want to say thanks for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm, I'm honored. So, Meg, you're an entrepreneur. You worked at Facebook. You run your own digital marketing agency. You have your own podcast. You create courses. You have four daughters and a husband. With all that going on, what led you to write a children's book? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, honestly, I launched my own podcast after after leaving Facebook and coming home to launch my own business and trying to juggle everything, you know, with family. Like you're just kind of summarized there. Um, I launched my podcast to talk about balance, right? Like how we balance it all so that we, you know, I left my, the corporate job because I wanted to be a more present mom to my kids. But then when you're building your own business, it also consumes you. So it's defining (laughs) where those boundaries are. And the, the balance that I found really came from involving my kids in the process. So I, I close the door when I'm doing podcast interviews and things like that because I don't want to ruin your audio with my screaming children. But most of the time, my door is open and my kids will come in and they'll ask me what I'm doing. And um, I talk to them just like their you know, colleagues at, at Facebook back in the day where I'll explain to them that I'm setting up an ad or I'm building an audience or I'm designing somebody's creative or writing their copy. And half the time, I think it goes over their head, but they absorb little bits and pieces and they've started taking an interest in different elements of entrepreneurship. And that was really the inspiration for the book was I was breaking down all of these concepts for them. And I just had that idea of like, wouldn't it be kind of cool if there was a book that we could read at bedtime that would just reinforce some of those concepts 
or trigger some of those conversations related to business. And so that's where the, the idea for the ABCs of business came from. And I feel like writing a children's book was never one of my big goals initially. But then last year when I launched the podcast, I decided that this was something else I wanted to do just to incorporate, you know, to pull family into business. And I thought it was going to be this like super quick project. You know, children's books are short. I'll just write it real quick. And it was not the case. So it's, it's been a labor of love over about 14 months. And we are approaching um, the official release should be in March of 2019. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. It's so exciting. Yeah, I can certainly relate to what the expectation is going into it versus how long it actually takes. I thought for sure that I would finish my children's book in three months, and it ended up taking a year and a half. Yeah, I, there was no, I think we said earlier, there was no instruction manual, you know, like nothing really prepared me. I didn't know what to expect. Um, But I got my first proof, you know, they send, I ordered a proof from Amazon so I could see how the colors printed and all of that good stuff. And there was just something about my oldest two daughters who are seven and 11. They came into my office and they saw it sitting on the desk. And my seven-year-old instantly was like, I want to read it. And my 11-year-old flipped through it. And it was the cutest thing. She goes, Mom, I think this book will make you rich. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, uh, if you know anything about self-publishing a children's book, this is probably not going to be what makes me rich. Like, I'm fully aware of that. Um, but I love their, their support and their confidence. And they have been reading this book every day for the past week <laughs> since we got it. So I love that too. That's, I feel like if nobody buys the book, my mission was accomplished because that was so, it's been such a fun experience with my own kids. Yep. Your biggest fans. Right. So you are featured on Pat Flynn's podcast, Ask Pat. Uh, what was it like to work with Pat? Oh, I have such a, a high level of admiration for him and an appreciation for all that he does for the entrepreneurial community. Um, he, when I left Facebook, his was the first podcast that I really discovered and fell in love with. Like I, I tested a bunch, but for whatever reason, I was just drawn to his. And a couple months into my like big leap into entrepreneurship, I was at a conference where he was speaking and I was so excited because there were all these people and I didn't know anybody, but I knew him. And so at that conference, he announced that he was launching a podcasting course. And it was at that moment that I bought into his podcasting course, which started this whole process of launching the podcast. I feel like it changed the whole trajectory of my business. And I have been following him and working closely, like under, you know, under his guidance, if you will, for for a couple of years now. So having the opportunity to be on Ask Pat, which is a coaching style show. So I got to go on there. Gosh, I want to say the first time was about a a year ago. I could be wrong, but it was was a while ago. And um, I asked him a question and he kind of coached me through it. And then I was lucky enough to get invited back on the show to give an update. And he coached me through a second question as well. So I, I just, I have a great level of admiration for what he's built and I love how he is focused on helping others. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Pat's been a great influence on me too, as well as starting this podcast. Yeah. So Meg, how did you come up with the idea for your book, The ABCs of Business? You know, there was one day at, at Barnes and Noble, like browsing through the bookstores and I found an ABC book. I want to say it was like ABCs of coding or something like that. It was some sort of an ABC book that was an adult concept, but broken down for kids. And that was really, that stuck in my mind, combined with the fact that I love everything about entrepreneurship and building my own business. You know, for me, sometimes that, that balance, it's not like I don't want to be working on my business or I don't want to be playing with my kids, but those are two things I want to be doing so much and there's just not enough time in the day. So it seemed just like a natural um, blending of, of passions, right? Bringing business and family together. And then when I reflected back on that book I had seen, like I said, I think it was on coding. I just thought it would be a cute and fun and creative idea to merge something very elementary, the ABCs, and then something that isn't typically introduced to elementary age kids. And those are business concepts. And I actually wrote the book out of order. That was a huge uh, decision I had to make because I wrote the book in what I consider to be a story order. So it's not ABC, it's IPC. It goes in order of how I believe the main character builds his business. So he's, the main character starts with an idea and then he creates a product and then finds customers and it goes through that, that business process. And it's great too because when it is separated out like that, like it's not an ABC order, the kids can actually learn letter recognition and it's not just memorization. So it's not having to go through the, the alphabet in order to identify what the letter L is. It's practicing them out of order so they learn to actually know the letters. So I, I'm just so happy with how it all turned out. It, and I think it was just a super fun experience. And that's kind of where it came from. Like I said, just merging of the, uh, the book at Barnes & Noble and the ideas that I generated from um, work-life balance here at home. Yeah, I think that's a great concept. And I think that grown-ups as well as kids would get a lot out of it. Yeah, I think it's hard sometimes as a parent when your kid comes to you and they want a, a breakdown of, of what a concept is. Sometimes it can be hard to figure out how to how to break it down to their level where they'll understand it. And that's what I really tried to do with the story so that it at least gives people a starting point, you know, where one of my, I think my favorite is N is for niche or niche, niche, depending on how you say it. You know, that's one of those highly debatable tomato, tomato words. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but N is for niche was really hard for me to write because I wanted it to be short and concise but I also wanted it to leave the impression on a kid of what a niche is because it's kind of a complex concept. And I think it's hard even for parents to, to, to break down what it is. So that's another benefit to, to the story. Yeah. And I really like the idea that you have it in story form instead of the memorization that you were talking about. Yeah. And I, like I said, I went back and forth because I'm, I'm a pretty organized and orderly person, 
And in my mind, I was like, well, it has to be an ABC order. It has to be an ABC order. But that's not how business works. <laughs> the, the business is not linear either. Like there's no one path that everybody takes. Everybody's path is a little bit different. So I kind of, I, I liked that spin off too. Yep. With entrepreneurship, it's always that windy road and never this straightforward ABC approach. No. <laughs> so growing up, were you always into creative writing or did it develop later on? You know, I've always enjoyed writing, but I definitely think I'm hooked more now than I ever have been. I already have my second book idea in my brain, and I've told myself that I'm not going to start um, actually working on that book until this one is 100% done. Otherwise, I, I tend to start projects and not finish them, so I'm never going to be that person who's going to have like four books in different stages. I know some people write like that and I wish I could. I just can't. So I have to work on one project at a time. But I just love the creative exploration and I love, um, I illustrated this book as well. And I love that piece of it. I've always been artistic. I, even in school though, I loved like having to write essays. That was like my favorite. <laughs> I would write essays for days if it, if it meant I didn't have to, you know, do math problems or something. Yep. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really great that you also did the illustrations for your own book. Um, did those take a long time? <laughs> they, they did take a little bit of a learning curve. Um, I, I'm also, I, I think it's because of my experience as an entrepreneur. I don't get too hung up on the planning. So, what I did is I first just figured out how do you illustrate a book? Like, can I just draw the pictures on paper or what do I have to do? And somebody suggested the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil and um, an app called Procreate. And so I just went out and bought those things. And then I drew all the pictures. And then I was like, now what do I do? Like, how do I get them from this iPad into a book? So then I had to research that stuff. Um, and I, you know, I think that's part of the reason why it took me so long is because I didn't, I was worried if I planned too hard, then I would get overwhelmed and discouraged and possibly turned off from the idea. So I just took it one step at a time and went through the whole process. And now that I feel comfortable with the technology, dare I say, like, I, I would love to shave some time off um, the next book. So maybe it won't take me, you know, 15 months to go from concept to, to completion, but we'll see. I feel like the Procreate app was a lot of fun. It almost reminded me of back in the day um, when I was little playing with like paint. Remember? Remember when that was like the only <laughs> graphic Absolutely. design program was paint? I remember clearly. It was my favorite. <laughs> so, but the Apple Pencils, that's come a long way. Yeah, no doubt. So as an illustrator, do you prefer the, the technology with the Apple Pencil or do you like kind of the old school like colored pencils and, and that sort of thing? And that's a good question. I feel like I haven't, I'm so far removed from when I used to be really artistic. Um, in high school, you know, I loved art. And then I did do some painting when I was in my 20s, in like my early 20s. Um, but once I started having kids, I feel like my creativity just changed it shifted I turned into more of like the Pinterest mom so my creativity would come out in 
you know, making cute lunches for school or planning a birthday party or, you know, doing other craft projects, not really drawing. And I really love the iPad Pro right now and the, and the Apple Pencil because I've drawn the, you know, I, I illustrated the book, but I also have done some really fun things with my kids where we'll design um, like superheroes. So my five-year-old came to me. She loves superheroes. She wants to be Spider-Man when she grows up. And she told me she really wanted a girl superhero with a laser eye. She wanted to know, you know, who is a girl superhero with a laser eye? <laughs> and so I went to my husband, who's a little more nerdy than I am, <laughs> to see if he knew, you know, if one existed. And he didn't. And we Googled and we could not find one. So I whipped out the iPad Pro and I had her, you know, I, I asked her questions and I said, what color hair does she have? Is it long or is it short? Is it straight or is it curly? And what kind of an outfit is she wearing? And, you know, we went through all these questions and I illustrated her a little character. And they'll come to me often and give me blank paper and ask me to draw a bunny rabbit or something for them to color in. So we don't really buy coloring books anymore. I, I kind of just draw their pictures and they color them. So I feel like I do like the the marker or pen and, and paper, but the iPad is so convenient, especially since I'm always on the road. I'm traveling a lot. And I feel like I am definitely starting to prefer it just for that convenience factor. Absolutely. And the Apple Pencil has come a long way since uh, the early days of kind of the electronic pen. Yeah, the stylus. <laughs> stylus, yes. Thank you. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> so as a kid, did you have any authors or stories that you particularly admired? Oh, man. There were so many. Where do I even begin? <laughs> I feel like growing up, I loved like Eric Carl books. Um, I don't know. I, do you know Stephen Kellogg? Like, is he popular everywhere, or was I don't know if he's popular everywhere or just where where I grew up? But I remember Stephen Kellogg books, Eric Carl, and then then as I got a little older. Uh, I was really into the boxcar children, like when it came to that like young adult book series. And now I feel like I read a lot of, I read a lot of like business books or I feel like self-help books isn't really what I want to say, but I'm not really sure what to call them. Personal development books, maybe um, personal development and business books, but I still have a, a guilty pleasure, a soft spot for Nicholas Sparks, anything that he writes. So tell me about your writing routine. I know that you mentioned that it took a little bit of time, a little bit more time than you were, ex you were expecting. Yeah. Do, do you prefer to go to a coffee shop? Do you like a quiet living room? I know you said you travel a lot. You've got the kids. How do you like to write? So I definitely need to write when my kids aren't, <laughs> aren't around, asking me for 42 different snacks or wanting to watch TV. Um, so it's a combination of writing after bedtime, because my kids don't nap anymore, unfortunately. So after bedtime, um, I do love when I go to conferences, I always um, fly in the day before and fly out the day after. So I don't like to be rushed <laughs> or extra tired. So I like to, to pad my time that way. And then I use that time typically to work on 
whatever my passion projects are at that at at that time. So most recently in January, for example, I had a conference and I brought the iPad Pro and that's when I finished all of the illustrations. Like the last touches happened at the end of January while I was on vacation. So I was able to sit in the clean hotel room. Like I can work as long and as hard as I want because if I want food, I could just call, you know, room service and totally be spoiled and have food delivered. Like I don't have any other responsibilities and I can just focus on getting the book written. But I feel like with this book, I, I didn't really have a, a set process and I probably wasn't as efficient as I could have been. Um, <laughs> and there were just lots of revisions. I feel like I would write it. I would have some trusted friends read it, give me feedback, and then totally switch it up. It, it, it's totally different than what I initially wrote. That's good to hear. You were able to find some quiet time at those conferences. I always try to – I love being able to write in a hotel room. I don't know what it is. I just feel like there's something – relaxing and, and it allows you to focus and I don't know I'm not really sure what it is but I've talked to my husband um like I said I have another children's book lined up and then I want to write I, I keep saying it's a grown-up book <laughs> you know a, an adult book and I've got those ideas as well but I think when it comes time to actually put those ideas to paper what I want to do is schedule a couple um, retreats you know for myself and they don't have to be far. I'm thinking of just potentially even renting like an Airbnb locally here in Phoenix, but just getting myself out of the house for a couple days and being able to go and really focus on the task at hand. Sometimes being at home, there's so many distractions, you know, there's laundry that needs to be folded and dishes that need to be done. And I think that might be part of why I'm more efficient when I'm not at home when I'm at a hotel or something, but coffee shops distract me. I'm not that coffee shop worker. They're too, you know, they're too loud. <laughs> so what inspires you to continue writing and being an entrepreneur? Definitely my kids. Um, I can't get over just how adorable the past couple of days has been with, with the books. And I can't wait to have more because their enthusiasm and their excitement a hundred percent. That's what's pushing me to write more children's books. And the same thing with entrepreneurship. You know, I, I stepped into this life because I was tired of not having enough time to spend with my kids the way I wanted to spend it. Like the straw that finally broke the camel's back was Thanksgiving um, a couple years ago. And my daughter had a Thanksgiving play at school. And school was right across the street from my, from my office. But I only had like 1.67 hours of vacation time left, you know, because it's, it's rationed and you only get so much. And I've got four kids, so there's lots of activities all of the time. And with those like 1.67 hours, I was stuck trying to figure out, well, if I move my lunch to this time and then I take that hour and 40 minutes, but if I get stuck 20 minutes, then I'm going to have to work late. And it's all of those, all those thoughts that have to go into like PTO, paid time off. And I just said, I don't want to do this. Like, this isn't the way I want to parent. And 
we were waking up at, you know, 6 a.m. just to get out the door at 7 so we could get to work by 8. And then we would leave work by 5 and we'd get home, you know, from the babysitter by 6.30 and the kids would eat dinner and go to bed. And then we would do the whole thing over again. And again, like, that's not how I envisioned personally uh, being a parent. And it's not what I wanted to do. So just anytime I feel like I get discouraged or frustrated because entrepreneurship, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Um, There is something reassuring about getting a paycheck every two weeks and you know how much is in it when you're in a corporate job with entrepreneurship. It's typically a little more up in the air. Um, But the, the more the business is, is building and growing, the more reliable our pay structure has become too, which is nice. But just thinking back to how life was before, you know, I don't want to go back there. Like, it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it to keep doing what I'm doing and keep striving to do better so that I can be the mom I want to be to my kids and we can make the memories that I want to make with them. I lost my dad when I was really young, so that's another um, constant thing in my brain. You know, my dad died two days before I turned 12. So it's kind of, I don't know, funny is not the right word, but my oldest daughter is 11 and it's, it's eerie, you know, as we approach her 12th birthday, because I look at her and I think about being like, I was her age when I lost one of my parents and it devastated, you know, me and my childhood. And we don't know what, what the future brings and we don't know what might happen you know, tomorrow or next month or next year. So I just want to make sure that we are spending our time the way we want to spend it, being the family that we want to be. So we talked about Pat Flynn earlier. Did you have any mentors that helped you on your writing journey? You know, I have a friend, I have a friend of mine who, um, Stacy Brookman is her name. She's a fellow podcaster. She's local to me here in Phoenix and we've actually worked together on a couple other projects, but she, she focuses on a different type of writing. Um, she teaches other like women how to cope with trauma through writing. So she's got a very unique approach to writing, um, but I took a couple of her uh, webinars, you know, to learn how to like write a chapter, you know, the first chapter of your story and things like that. They were more geared towards adult, like memoirs and things of that nature. But it also showed me that like writing a book isn't just something for, I don't know, random people. (laughs) I don't, before meeting Stacy, I didn't know any authors in real life. So I guess they were just pictures on the backs of books. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't know those people. And So having met her, I did go to her a lot for advice on, you know, how to, how to structure things and put things together, especially with my adult, my grown up book in mind. But I do think that that helped me on the journey with the children's book. I also have a, um, a a girl that I interviewed on my podcast. Her name's Angela Ferrari. And, um, she's got a great podcast and a great series of books children's books specifically. And she's got a website that has tips and tricks for 
formatting and illustrating. And I didn't follow everything she says to a T because she uses like a different program to illustrate than I did. But her website helped me so much when it came to figuring out how to actually self-publish on Amazon. That process was not intuitive to me. <laughs> like that, that whole structure of, of actually publishing um, and figuring out how to get my illustrations like from JPEG files into a PDF, that was not intuitive. So I relied on her tutorials a lot, and she's amazing. So I think the two of them are the two people that I have turned to the most when it comes to writing and illustrating my book. So let's talk about the ABCs of business. Tell me about the premise of the book and what it's all about. Yeah, so... There is, the main character in the book's name is Pixel, and he, it's a spinoff because if you know anything about Facebook marketing, which is where my background is, um, there's a tool called the Facebook Pixel. So yep. that's where I got um, Pixel's name from. And he is a little fuzzball. <laughs> Somebody said he looked like a dust bunny. So he is like a purple and, and pink and a little bit of blue um, fuzzy friend, and he brings the reader on a journey through discovering what it means to be an entrepreneur. So the story starts at I is for idea, and then you read through each letter to explore those entrepreneurial concepts. Um, there is a table of contents. So like if you wanted to, you know, read them in order, or if you want to know where to get to a specific concept, you can use the table of contents to do that. And it's, got a little bit of a feel-good story to it. So one of the first, um, he does encounter a problem. I want to say it's three or four letters into the, into the process. He encounters a problem and that he notices that other people have similar ideas to him and similar problems. And um, so we talk about understanding what makes you unique. That's what why. Why is for you and you are unique. So Part of it is I also want to empower the kids who are reading the book to know that even if they have an idea that somebody else, like somebody else may have a similar idea to them, but every person is unique and you bring your own unique spin to it. I, I relate it back to Facebook marketing. There are so many Facebook marketing experts out there, but there is space for me because I am unique and it's the same concept, you know. I want kids to know that. And the, then as they go through the story, I think, gosh, I have so many favorite parts. Um, <laughs> but it talks about, like I said, a whole bunch of um, concepts. And then at the end, Z is for zero limits. And so it really ends with a really uplifting message and empowering message for kids that they can do anything that they want to do. They can be anything that they want to be. I 100% believe that, even though it seems a little cliche. I know most of us heard that growing up, and then I think at some point we stopped believing it. Um, but if this age of entrepreneurship has taught me anything, it you can really do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it. So the book ends with a little bit of a encouraging message for both the child and the grown-up who may be reading the book. Yeah, having your own unique voice, uh, that's definitely um, a real 
big lesson to learn in the world of entrepreneurship. And that's great that you're kind of fostering that at the, at the children level. Yeah. I didn't want the book to just be like a dictionary. You know, it's, it's not just words and what they mean, but there is that message of empowerment and encouragement. So how would you describe your typical reader out there? What is their age group and what are their interests? So like the book isn't out yet, but once it does come out, I feel like my typical reader is going to be an entrepreneur likely in their 30s-ish, <laughs> maybe 40s. It's an entre- a parent entrepreneur with kids that are between the ages of 2 and 12, I'd say. Um, the the younger kids like the the younger kids aren't necessarily going to be able to stick through the whole story there are 26 letters in the alphabet so it's it, it's a pretty thick paperback book but they're going to benefit from the abc's like just reinforcing those letters and i think parents are going to enjoy reading it there's just something fun about talking to your kids like they're little adults you know, so I think parents are going to enjoy that process of reading it to their little ones. And then the older kids, so my five-year-old, my seven-year-old, they do understand the the more in-depth concepts. So it's really that, that parent that enjoys entrepreneurship, enjoys business, and wants to be able to, you know, have some of those meaningful conversations with their kids around business topics. These things, even if your child isn't destined to become an entrepreneur. It's funny. My oldest, I definitely think she is heading in that path. My seven-year-old, she wants to go to college. She wants to be a teacher. Even at seven, she's got like a very um, defined (laughs) path that she thinks she's going to take. But these skills, like this, these entrepreneurial skills, the entrepreneurial mindset, it's only going to benefit all of them. You know, it's leadership, it's compassion, it's philanthropy and helping others. These aren't skills that are exclusive to entrepreneurs. It just so happens that as an entrepreneur, I think they're so prevalent in our lives. So yeah, so I feel like it's the the entrepreneurial parent of a early elementary student. Yeah, and it's great to hear that you combine all these concepts into one book. I think so. So we talked a lot about the message of the book. What is the one thing that you'd like kids to take away from the book? I mean, I think it's just the the knowledge that they are in control of their their destiny, their legacy, that they have the ability and the power to do whatever they want to do. I I hope that kids will think about, you know, what problems they see in everyday life and what their areas of expertise are and that they will actively work towards solving problems. So Meg, let's, let's go back to those days when you were writing those uh, essays and avoiding the math problems. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give the younger version of yourself who's just starting out as a writer? To just keep doing it. Like, don't let anybody tell you it's not good enough or it's not the right style or it's not the right whatever. Pave your own path. Do your own thing. Be unique. Be different. And don't be afraid to fail because it's like my, just like with art, I think art and creative writing is, is very similar and you can't be bad at it. 
You know, it drives me nuts when my kids will say they're bad at art. You, you can't be bad at art. It, like, it's impossible. You can be bad at art history. You know, that's, that's facts or <laughs> true versus false. But art is subjective and so is writing. So you, you can't do it wrong. So if you have a style or if you have um, a message that you want to get out in a story form, it's not wrong. So just go ahead and write it. You know, refine it for sure. Refine it. Get it to a point where you're happy with it. But don't let anybody tell you that you're bad at writing because it's not possible. I agree 100%. Great message. So Meg, what other projects are you working on? Yeah. So the, the next children's book, like I said, I'll be working on, I'll be starting that as soon as this one's officially done, which I'm hoping will be early March. Um, and that one's going to be a totally different style book. Like it's going to actually be a story. It's not going to be like an ABC book. Um, it's going to be a more traditional story. But the grown-up book I want to write is really, it, it's the working title is Redefining Familypreneur Balance. And so it's rooted in a lot of the same concepts of defining, you know, what makes us good parents and what makes us good entrepreneurs and then how we can structure our mindset and our schedules um, so that we feel comfortable and confident with the way that we're balancing our lives. The one thing I see so often from Facebook groups and, and I hear, you know, at like networking opportunities when it comes to parents who are also building a business is people are getting stressed over balance. And I think we don't need to be, <laughs> you know, like there are um, a ton of strategies to help you find the balance that makes sense to you and balance to you looks different from balance to me and that's okay. So it's, it's a book that's going to kind of just redefine how we look at, at balance. And after your book is published, where can listeners buy your book? So it'll definitely be available on Amazon um, right out of the gate. Amazon as a paperback and as a Kindle ebook and then we plan on having hardcovers available soon. I just don't want to commit to that in March because we know how this whole process has gone so far. So Amazon will be the best place. Yep. And we've got your website linked up on the Creative Writing Magic website and our Twitter feed. Awesome. Okay. So that's all the time we have for today. Meg, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for stopping by today. Thank you so much. And thank you, listener. You make this all possible. If you like this podcast, feel free to support us on Patreon and consider subscribing. The link to Patreon is in the description. Also, be sure to subscribe to the email newsletter to receive email notifications when new episodes are available. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Stay inquisitive, support the arts, and keep creating. Bye for now. Bye.